Oh, Pat, Pat, Pat. Back again. Stu just won't show up. I don't know what his deal is. What it is. <laughs> that what it, yeah. well, I know that, but... <laughs> and uh, he's just trying to spend as many days away from you right, as he possibly okay. can? You know what he, you know, he is? He's afraid of the Eagles-Dallas matchup. Oh, yeah. And I'm really not a fan of football, but I kind of am that tag-along fan when they're doing well. And you know enough to know the Dallas Cowboys are going to crush Philadelphia. Philadelphia, right? the Eagles. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, we just put a cheesesteak down at at the uh, at well, you know that line where they cross and, the, <laughs> and they would make a point right, for the, the other line. team. Yes, yeah, we put a cheesesteak okay. there. Yeah, and we win. Done. Yeah. So anyway, today's podcast is full of stuff that you need to know, and uh, I think some fun stuff as well. Don't miss a second of it. Listen, if 87,000 new IRS agents running around looking into things, you know, about you, isn't enough just to get you sweating just a little more than usual? I don't know what could. Maybe having to give the entire presentation at uh, work with everyone, everyone looking at you, judging you, noticing your armpits, how damp they're getting. Or how about sitting on that long, long flight when you're stuck in the middle seat? That's a fun one. I want to talk to you about the phenomenal product called Sweat Block and Sweat Block Wipes. They're designed for your underarms, but try them all over your body because they work amazingly well. If you sweat like crazy, this stuff really works and it keeps working for days and days. That's the most amazing part. You put it on once every like five or six days. Sweat Block was developed by a Harvard doctor who was tired of sweating profusely at presentations and he was like, wait a minute. I have my degree in this. I could figure this out. So if someone you know, love, has a problem with sweat, remember, Sweat Block worked for me when nothing else could. You can also try the deodorant stick. It's the best I've ever tried. Get it all today. 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code BECK. Sweatblock.com, promo code BECK, or you can also find it on Amazon. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Okay, let me start with some good news. First of all, hello, Pat. Hello, Glenn. How are you? Oh, mm. 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 so good. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stu, where is Stu today? I don't know. I guess because it's Columbus Day, he thought that oh that yeah was he's a, a big columbus big, big guy. columbus Day he's guy. like he's he decorates he, his house with smallpox blankets yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he does a reenactment he does uh, yes he does uh-huh. of just the part where he's <clears throat> slaughtering indians right yeah so yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway nice to have you here okay let me give you three good stories here now these are big stories and they're going to be you're you're, you're probably going to you'll hear talk about them but nobody will put this into perspective This is you standing up, okay? These three things are happening because you are standing up. Story number one. As of October 8th, PayPal's new acceptable use policy states that effective November 3rd, activities like the sending, posting, or publication of any message, content, or materials may qualify as violations if the company decides they are harmful, obscene, harassing, or objectionable. Basically, yeah, whatever we want. Um, 
If they depict, promote, or incite hatred or discrimination of protected groups, uh, you go after white guys, so no problem, or of individuals of groups based on protected characteristics, race, religion, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, or are fraudulent, promote misinformation, or unlawful. For each violation, a user may be subject to damages, including liquidated damages of 2500 U.S. dollars, which may be debited directly from your PayPal accounts. You gotta be kidding me. Okay, now this happened, what, last week? And um, last week we talked about it, but apparently a lot of other people talked about it too. Uh, now, they are not a neutral organization. They haven't even really said that they are a neutral organization, um, although they say they value uniqueness and diversity of thought. Oh, mm. do you? Is that why you shut down the uh, account of the free speech union? Because they were a little upset about the radical gender theory in British schools? Yeah, yeah. Or how about gays against groomers? Why'd you shut them down? You didn't even have an explanation for that one. Uh, Gays for groomers say more and more companies are coming out in full support of the sexualization, indoctrination, and medicalization of minors. Uh, By the way, PayPal also shut down Us For Them, a campaign uh, group that advocated for reopening schools during the COVID-19 lockdowns. Got to shut them up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So anyway, um, they're not neutral. However... Here's the good news. In a tweet on Saturday, just a few days after they released this seven-page document, uh, David Marcus spoke out against the new policy, first reported by the Daily Wire, that would apparently allow the digital payment processor to charge $2,500. Elon Musk, another co-founder of PayPal, said he agreed with the criticism joining a number of others who have spoken out against the new policy. He said, it's really hard for me to openly criticize a company that I used to love and I gave so much to, but PayPal's new um, users um, rules or whatever goes against everything I believe in. A private company now gets to decide to take your money if you say something they disagree with. That's insanity. And some other people started saying, David Sachs said, get your money out of PayPal right now. Scott Adams from Dilbert said, seriously, close your PayPal account immediately if they don't reverse this today. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy said, misinformation police are now extending their reach beyond social media accounts. Blah, 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 blah. Whole bunch of people. You spoke out about it. Blake Masters, the Arizona Senate campaign, uh, he said, yeah, I get to Washington soon and I'm going to be working on this. Then... PayPal just released this. That notice went out in error. <laughs> and uh, we included some incorrect information. We're mm. not fining people for misinformation. And this language was never intended to be inserted into our policy. Our teams are working now to correct our policy pages. Oh, <laughs> you know, these, these companies have such a weird habit of... Like, really bizarre things happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I've never said, uh, you know, uh, hey, by the way, uh, just some company policy. You know, if you have brown hair, it's okay. It's absolutely okay 
to harass you because we're going to fire you anyway because you have black hair, brown hair. <laughs> Never said that. Oops. That. How did that get into the policy? How did that happen? Somebody broke into the policy and <sighs> yeah. just started just writing, writing stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. You know, that would be, expl- I would accept that. Yeah. I would like to see the termination of that person. Mm-hmm. But it's just like they have a bunch of rogue people in there. They're just like, watch this. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to write that. We're going to take people's money. <laughs> you should fire those people. Uh, then next story, because of you. Vanderbilt to pause gender transition surgeries on minors. The Vanderbilt Mm. University Mm. Medical Center has paused all gender transition surgeries for minors following an explosive report about their pediatric gender services and a letter from the state legislators demanding the practices stop. Um, We are, by the way, this is this is really Daily Wire. um, And uh, what's his name on the Daily Wire that did this? Um, we are pausing gender affirma- uh, affirmation, affirmation surgeries on patients under 18 while we complete this review, which may take several months. In addition, we understand the issue is likely to be taken up by the General Assembly in its next legislative station and, and, mm-hmm. and session. And as always, we assure that our programs will comply with any new requirements, which may be established as a part of Tennessee law. Huh. 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 So... So no more hormones or double mastectomies uh, for kids. That's, you know, that's probably a, a good thing. Uh, well, since when you uh, change gender, um, the suicide rate for those kids goes up 20 times the yeah, that's national That's not 30 average. times, is it? No, it's not 30 it's times. It's not 100 it times. It is not no. 100 times. Right. It's only 20 times right. the rate. Right. So. so thank you for standing up. See what happens when we stand up? Mm -hmm. Several states, here's number three. Several states have launched efforts to root out ESG with 19 GOP attorneys general sending a letter to BlackRock. BlackRock increasingly becoming a Republican target, challenging the money manager's commitment to ESG principles. They claim that BlackRock's policies are undercutting shareholder profits and managing state pension funds. So Louisiana decided to go a step further. God bless the state treasurer there, John Schroeder. He announced last week the state has divested $560 million, a number that will increase to $794 million over the coming months as Louisiana exits BlackRock money market funds, mutual funds, and exchange-traded fund holdings. He writes... Your blatantly anti-fossil fuel policies will destroy Louisiana's economy. This divestment is necessary to protect Louisiana from actions and policies that you would actively seek to hamstring our fossil fuel sector. In my opinion, your support of ESG investing is inconsistent with the best economic interest and values of Louisiana. All of these things are happening because, one, somebody was brave enough to expose them. Okay, Matt Walsh. He's the guy who's been exposing and really bringing it to people's attentions, especially at Vanderbilt. That's that's him. So he was brave enough to stand there and tell you. And then you stood up. This is fantastic news. They are scared out of their mind. 
This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Welcome to the Louisiana State Treasurer, John Schroeder. How are you, John? Glenn, good morning. It is good to talk to you, sir. Yes, sir. Great, uh, great day. Yeah, it is a good day. Last week, um, you said, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not going to give you the, uh, the money. What was it? Seven, I think I said billion. It's $700 million, right? Almost a billion dollars. Yeah, it's about seven, almost 800. Okay. And uh, there's more coming, right? Over the next year? Yeah. yeah, so I've been working on this for a long time. You just don't move that much money overnight. Right. Uh, what, really, what really called this out, somebody caught wind of it. And it's probably my fault because I got agitated at some meeting that I was at. And I said something publicly. And the next thing I know, I had a public information request. And um, I've been working on it since late last year. We actually started moving money probably around March. Hmm. And um, I wasn't going to say anything until I moved it all. But two things happened that, that sort of forced me to come out last week. I had a meeting with BlackRock. And uh, in Philadelphia, when I was at the Treasurer's Conference about two weeks ago, then I had a public information request, which I had to release some information that I wanted to control the narrative. So that's why I, I followed up with my meeting at BlackRock with a letter um, telling them what, what I was doing. And I had already started. We had already moved, you know, a half billion dollars uh, by the time I released this letter. And by the end of the year, it will be about $800 million. But Glenn, I want I want your listeners to to understand this, especially those in Louisiana, because I want to be very accurate. There's a lot of news about this. This is money that that I, as treasurer of the state of Louisiana, manage in our trust funds. About 16 billion in trust fund, and about 800 million of that is invested in BlackRock. So we are moving that into other spaces where where we're either making more or the same. Uh, so we're not losing money. We're just picking businesses, uh, companies that that uh, we have something more in common with. And uh, we clearly don't in, in the fossil fuel space here in Louisiana. But the real goal for BlackRock is to go after the pension money. And each state, each state treasurer handles that a little differently. Here in Louisiana, we have about 70 plus billion dollars in in retirement funds and pension funds. And these are policemen and firemen and school teachers and state workers. These aren't people going to work as entrepreneurs every day. This is government employees' pensions money. In Louisiana, again, it's over $70 billion. That's, that's really the, what makes up a large share of BlackRock. So um, I did what I could do. Now, what, moving forward, I will begin to work with the legislature to figure, figure out a way how do we – how do we curb this pension money to be invested in companies like BlackRock who clearly want to see the demise of the fossil fuel industry, which is the, probably the biggest industry we have in Louisiana? Correct. Now, did you take on the S and the G, or are you only looking at the E? Oh, no. We've, we've, you know, it, this just came out in the news last week, but this has been an ongoing battle on several fronts. Uh, our legislative session ended in June, um, and there were several bills 
dealing with all all kinds of different situations on the ESG. Um, but no, th- on, on this particular front uh, with BlackRock, it was uh, obviously their environmental position. But I don't mind telling you, four, almost four years ago, I blocked um, Citibank and Bank of America over Second Amendment issues. You know, so Excellent. this has been going on for a while here in Louisiana. I've blocked them from doing almost a billion dollars in, in borrowing from the state of Louisiana. It's gone under radar, you know, because I can do this all within the confines of the law of, of my job, my constitutional duties. And I don't have to go beat my chest about it either. But you said this what, when, as I was listening. We need to step up and, and do something. We can't just sit back and, and be, be good conservatives and take it in the shorts anymore. So I'm, I'm proud to lead the State Financial Office Foundation. I don't know if you know that. I'm the national chair as of October 1st. And, and you will start seeing more. I have talked to treasurers across the country uh, since last Wednesday. And, and, you know, they're just looking at ways on how to reinvest this money, because at the end of the day, you do have a fiduciary responsibility. Mm-hmm. Those, those pension workers or, or those retired government workers need to get their paychecks. And I get it, their retirement check. So that, that, that sits in the palm of our hands in a lot of cases in uh, uh, many states across this nation. So I get that, but I'm also not going to feed my enemy. And I'm not going to. Uh, I think we have to do a better job at educating uh, the pension uh, folks, the state workers, the government workers. We have to educate them and let them know where their money is being invested. To, to, it's backdooring them. It's, 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 it's going to kill our industry, um, not to speak of what it does for, for communist China and other countries mm-hmm. that want to see the United States wiped off the face of the map. So um, what was BlackRock's response well, you know, um, I met with them. Now, they've gotten some wind that I was doing this. So this isn't like total out-of-the-blue news to them. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine if you took $500 million yeah. out, they might notice yeah. it. I would hope. Now, I, know they, I know they got trillions of dollars, but I know they knew that I was moving this money. But they never made mention of it when I met with them two weeks ago. But what they did do was apologize. And, and, and say that, um, you know, that they, um, you know, wanted to assure me that, that they weren't against fos- the fossil fuel industry <laughs> and this, that, and the other. Well, Glenn, I told them, I- I'm sitting there with three people and one of the directors, and, and it was about a 45-minute long conversation. And after a little bit, I told them, I said, look, this isn't personal with you guys. But y'all are sitting here telling me one thing, but I can show you, quote, video and audio of your CEO saying something different than what you're sitting in this room telling me today. Now, I'm the treasurer of Louisiana, and I, and, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but I guess the CEO of BlackRock needs to tell me otherwise because y'all are sitting here telling me one thing, but what I read, see, and hear something totally different out of your your CEO. So unless he's willing to go out publicly and now reverse what he has been saying and go to conferences and because look, I don't need to tell you that it's everywhere all over the internet where he's makes comments about what, what they need to do and where BlackRock is, is becoming like the, almost like the communist leader. 
that they know what's best for the world water. They know what's best for Louisiana. Well, you know what? He's not going to use my money to do it. And that's the other thing people don't understand. And that's what something they said to me in the meeting that it's not their money. It's our money. They're using our money to beat ourselves. That's like, that's like crazy. That, that's, that's, I'm not going to do that any longer. And, um, <laughs> and, 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 and look, I, I just want you to understand this. I didn't just wake up last Wednesday and decide to do this. This is something that we've been strategically working on for the entire year. And um, it just came to a head last week. I'm, I'm so glad to hear it. John, you're well thought out. Uh, and uh, I hope there are more of you that are working behind the scenes uh, to do the, the, the right thing. We are, the, the whole world is being strangled to death uh, because of the energy policies of people like BlackRock shutting off uh, all investment. I, I just read a story today. I don't want to get in the weeds, but I just uh, read a story today. The banks can't invest in fossil fuels over in Europe, they're saying, because the, the money isn't there for investment. And if the price collapses, then they're going to be sitting on, you know, all of this oil and they won't be able to, you know, hedge it. Uh, and uh, and I, I read that and I thought, well, the, the problem is ESG. The problem is that people are not investing in energy now. Because they're being encouraged not to and being told that that is not the future. Well, it may not be the future 150 years from now, yeah. but it is, it, it, is, it is over the next 50 plus. <laughs> you know, a couple things have to happen. Going back to you know, your comment about you hoping others are doing the same thing. I can tell you factually, we are and they are. I think what has to happen, what's so great about this country, and look, I'm an entrepreneur, and, 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 and can I, if I can have a minute, Glenn, I want to tell you something. I've listened to you for a long time. I'm a, I'm a former military intelligence, infantry military intelligence CID agent from the Army. Hmm. Um, I, I was a narcotics agent after that, and I lost my career over a, a pretty serious eye injury. Um, but I've always appreciated how you stood up for our country. And, um, and I, don't, I don't need, as a, as a veteran of this country, I don't need anybody to, um, to thank me. It, but it is nice hearing people like you on the radio say thank you without saying thank you. And um, that's all I needed. All, all I needed to know is there was people out there who understood what we do, why we do it, and there are people like me who did things and went after bad people so uh, so you could have your radio show and, and everybody could go about their business every day. And um, I've just always appreciated that. This is the first time I've ever met you or talked to you in my life. And I just want to tell you thank you. That is uh, more meaningful than you, than you know, John. Thank you so much. God bless you. Hope to meet you someday. Thank you. John Schroeder, he is the uh, state treasurer of the great state of Louisiana. Well, I mean, it's connected to Texas, so that really is what makes it great, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's the greatest, mm-hmm. great, great, great-ish state <laughs> of Louisiana. It's connected to a great state. Yeah, it is. Let's say that. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, that rubs off on <laughs> This is the best of the Glenn Beck program.
want to uh, I want to play something from a podcast that I did on Friday and we didn't really have time to promote. And I want you to watch or listen to the podcast. You can find it on um, on uh, YouTube or you can find it at Blaze TV. Um, it's it's part of the subscription and it is really, really good. We put it up on YouTube, on my YouTube page, because you really need to hear this. It's 35 minutes, but I'm telling you, it'll be the best 35 minutes you will spend probably all week. Um, It is a a professor of psychology, and he was going through COVID, and he realized that he's from Europe. He realized that what, what countries were doing didn't make any sense. You know, he said everybody in Sweden was going to die because Sweden wouldn't go along with the rest of the world. And he said, and when that didn't happen, you would expect people to go, oh, look, what's Sweden doing? It doesn't really make a difference. And he said when they didn't do that and then the mask thing and, and then let's just try an experimental drug without telling anybody anything about it. He said, I realized we were in a different place as a world. So he started doing research. And it took him back, really, to authoritarianism, which he says is very different because that is something that the mass participates in. For instance, Germans. Germans weren't being held by a dictator. They were being held by an ideology, an idea that was running through Hitler. Listen to what he says here. When you're anxious and you don't know what you feel anxious for, you feel completely out of control. But if you start to believe that your anxiety is caused by something, no matter whether it is is true or not, and that there is a strategy to deal with that something, then you have an experience of control. You feel in control again. And also, you have an object to direct all your frustration and aggression on. So that's the first psychological advantage, the first step of mass formation, with the first psychological advantage of mass formation. And then a second step, Something even more important happens because so many people participate in a strategy, for instance, the lockdowns, but it could also be the concentration camps or the Mm -hmm. crusades or the witch. Mm. Because so many people participate in the strategy to deal with the object of anxiety. They have the feeling to fight a collective heroic battle with the object of anxiety. And they feel connected again. The loneliness disappears. And they have a feeling of a new sense making again. You could say, of course, What's the problem? People felt lonely and now they feel connected again. Right. They were confronted with a lack of meaning making. And now they have the feeling that their life makes sense again. And they felt out of control about their anxiety and now they feel in control again. So what's the problem? Well, there is a problem. First, there always has to be a scapegoat at whom all this frustration and aggression can be directed. And also even more important, this new social bond, this new connectedness, is not a social bond between individuals. It's always a social bond between the individual, between each individual separately and the collective. Meaning that in a mass, the famous citizenship, the famous solidarity that is so typical for mass formation is never a solidarity between individuals. It's always a solidarity between the individual and the collective. Mm. Meaning that, and it is even the case, that the longer the mass formation exists, lasts, the more all solidarity and love is sucked away from the bonds between the individuals and injected in the bond between the individual and the collective. And that makes that, in the end, solidarity with the collective 
is much bigger than the solidarity with other individuals, leading to the famous paranoid state in totalitarian systems, where every individual is willing to snitch on every other individual, right. to report every other individual to the state, if they have the feeling that this other individual is not show, doesn't show enough solidarity to the collective. In the end, this leads typically, I've been talking with this woman, Shoref Ishtari, who lived in Iran during the revolution there, which was a huge scale process of mass formation. And she told me how she has seen how a mother reported her son to the state and how this mother hung the noose around his neck when he was on the scaffold. Mm. And when he was hung, she claimed to be a heroine for doing what she did. That is a dramatic end stage of mass formation. That's what we have to avoid, that it goes to this end stage. So, what a brilliant explanation. He is under attack. Wow. Oh, I bet. All of the elites are saying, this guy's mm. a right-wing um, enabler. He's not mm. right. He's not right-wing. I've read the book. You should read the book. Uh, it is. It's called The Psychology of Totalitarianism. It is right on the money. And it is why I have said to you for a long time, if we go dark, if we go dark, you know, evil doesn't destroy things. It perverts things and twists things. Look at what's happened to the word equality. Equality mm-hmm. has been perverted. Freedom of speech is perverted. Tolerance. Tolerance. All of it is perverted. It, they don't destroy it. They pervert it. So what do you think is going to happen to us with all of our technology, all of the, the weapons alone that we have? We will become the darkest country to ever be on the face of the earth. We will go from the greatest country to the most terrifying country. Mark my words, it will happen because we're already starting to see signs. We're starting to see signs of doctors, doctors saying, if you didn't get the COVID-19, why should I even treat you? Why should I even treat you for anything? I I saw an op-ed from, well, it was a medium post of a doctor in Los Angeles that said this person I was working on hated black people. And, you know, I'm anti-racist. Do I have to help him? Am I, am I required to help him? Yes. According yes. to the oath you took. Right. Absolutely. You are. You are. Yeah. So when doctors and nurses are starting to say this, and you're also hearing this, let me just give you the FBI story. So the FBI, we know, has now deemed parents who speak up against their kids being, you know, forced to go to a transgender show or reading books that are wholly inappropriate or having pedophilia normalized or have them question their gender, all things, all of those we knew were bad five years ago. Five years ago, we knew all of those things were bad. We didn't even have to say it because everybody knew it. So today, it's fine. And the FBI, forget about Washington. I'm talking about the local FBI, the one that is in your state or your city. They are now being called upon to 
to investigate parents who stand up against this or they're going after and busting with handcuffs handcuffs 84 year old people the latest bust happened last week uh the pro-life father of 11 children this is not the one you heard at the beginning of the week this one happened on wednesday Federal Bureau of Investigation arrested a pro-life father of 11, charging him with conspiracy. Who's the conspiracy theorist? Conspiracy against rights secured by the FACE Act and committing FACE Act violations. Remind me, Sarah, I got to come back to the word conspiracy and how they're using it here. Um, He said, when I opened the door and saw the guns pointed at me, they had long rifles. I asked them what they wanted. They said they were looking what they were looking for and what they said they wanted was me. I had kids in the yard walking out to get in the car to go to school. I was about to take them to school. The other kids were in the house. So seeing that the easiest path to de-escalation was me in handcuffs, I stepped outside and put an end to the ranting and the banging and the yelling. After the FBI put him in handcuffs in the car, he said his wife came outside. She had been in the back of the house with her 18-month-old baby. She said, I, I want to know why you were banging on my door with a gun, she said. You're not going to tell me anything? The agent replied, and I've heard the tape. No, we're not. And she said, you're not going to tell me. And then he said, I tried. She said, no, you didn't. And he said, uh, uh, and he just got in the car. She talked to all the agents. None of them would even answer her. It was really horrible. Horrible. Now, here's the interesting thing. Eleven of the advocates, uh, they were pro-life advocates. With, uh, they were charged with a violation of Freedom to, of Access to Clinic Entrances Act for blocking an abortion clinic in 2021. So this is not a new thing. By the way, nobody contacted him. Nobody, no lawyer contacted him. It took him hours to get a lawyer and a lawyer to figure out what the heck was going on. After he was charged... He was just let go. He didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have a wallet. He was in a T-shirt and pair of pants, and he was 60 miles away from his home. He said, what I told the agents that arrested me on the ride into town since we had a nice hour of fellowship is that this is a beautiful tactic. If you want to suppress free speech and you want to strike fear and intimidation into opposition, you weaponize justice to go after someone to suppress If you can get a large family like mine, you can also get all the children because all the children will have a memory of growing up. The big bad agents banging on the door and taking away their dad. I think just the opposite, quite honestly. I think the I think the opposite is is true. I think the family uh, and the children grow up thinking bad things about the government. Now, um. He has gone into more details about what was happening. Um, He said his wife was still shaking and and fighting back tears uh, as he was being carted off. The family didn't receive any official information about the cause of the raid or Vaughn's whereabouts until six hours after the arrest. He was held in a federal holding facility and brought before a judge charged and then released without a wallet or cell phone. For over six hours, no one knew where I was and why I was kidnapped from my home at gunpoint. It took a good attorney six hours to be able to break through the bureaucracy and find somebody who knew what was going on. Um, Vaughn pled not guilty to the charges. 
and promised to fight the legal battle to the fullest. In a statement to Town Hall, Vaughn called the FBI paid thugs out of an out-of-control Justice Department that must be reined in immediately. Now, if this isn't bad enough... And it is. Uh-huh. If this isn't bad enough, Vaughn wasn't even at the sit-in. He wasn't even there. So this guy and uh, 10 others were arrested for a, a sit-in. A sit-in. March 2021. Did you know that you could protest and be in a sit-in that's happened all through the 60s and you could get 11 years in prison now? 11 mm. years. Vaughn, the guy they I just told you about, he didn't even participate in the sit-in. So what was his role? He acted as a mediator between the pro-life people who participated and law enforcement locally to ensure the protest was safe, peaceful, and as legal as possible. That's why it was it was coordinated as these things always are. It was coordinated. He had called the the local police and said, hey, look, we're going to do a sit in on this day. What do we need to do to make sure that we're as legal as possible? And uh, they said, well, you have to do this, this and this. And it would be a misdemeanor. So we will take you away, but you'll be charged with a misdemeanor. Okay, great. So he's the guy that mediated with the local police. They all got misdemeanors, which was 100% appropriate. And what happens? The Justice Department gets wind of yet another local misdemeanor and decides to make it a felony. This is out of control. Now, let me bring it back to the psychology of totalitarianism. If this was happening to any protester that was peacefully protesting, peacefully, would you be for 11 years in prison and the FBI not giving them a chance to surrender? Now, Antifa, oh, I'm all for it. I'm talking about somebody who has called the local cops, doesn't want to you know, burn anything down. They're totally cool. They're in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. And maybe they have their grandchildren with them. And they've done all of that. Do you want the FBI involved in this? I don't. I don't. I'm wondering how they even were. What was this that makes it? Oh, the act is probably they, federal. It's federal. And right. they're, the FACE Act. Yeah. And they've, they're making this. You're not supposed to be able to stop someone from going into an abortion clinic. Right. Well, the last week, it, it wasn't. The, the, the hallway was clear. Person could come in. They were mm-hmm. singing and praying. Yeah. Okay. That's what they yeah. were doing. This sit-in, I'm assuming they're doing the same thing. I don't know if they actually block the door, but that is federal. But is this justice in America? You already have half the population remaining silent on the abuse from the FBI. Remaining silent on all of the stuff that has gone on. And 
is actually sitting there and remaining silent when a president of the United States says, you know, anybody who voted for Trump, 90 million people, they're all terrorists. Where do you think that ends? Na, 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 na.